All right, everybody, I want to thank you guys for joining us again for night two, night two of the Servant Leaders Revival, the Servant Leaders Arsenal. It's been an amazing journey already. We started night one with pastor and coach Dennis McNulty, and tonight is not going to be any different as you all hear from an amazing sister who truly, 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 truly has been touched and truly has been ordained and truly has been anointed by the Lord to give the word, not just in a pulpit, but to his coaches, to his leaders. And there was no way we have this event without having Miss Brandy Ford with us tonight. We've been praying you up, sister. We already know God gonna do what it does. So I'm thanking you so much just for being who you are, but for being here tonight and helping us. And what you've been to me since we've met, I appreciate it. And I know you have a word for the people. So thank you for being here and the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Uh, Chelsea, I honor you um, for the gift that you are uh, to the body of Christ and what you are doing with the servant leader. Um, it's necessary. I tell you that all the time. Uh, the lives that will be touched come along the way. Hundreds and thousands of lives that have been touched over this year. Um, your consistency in it. Um, God honors that. Um, never despise the small things. Um, you know, the word of God tells us that um, if we be faithful over the, the little things, the small things, uh, God will make us rule over much. So I'm excited to see where God um, is going to take you. I'm excited for this opportunity. I'm incredibly encouraged um, from last night. <laughs> Coach Dennis blew it out the water. I actually went back and, and rewatched last night um, after the message. And um, I was I was so encouraged by that word. I think everybody in my household was running around to my aya. And so um, I, I'm incredibly um, grateful for God's love and his faithfulness uh, because um, whoever's listening, I did not have a voice as of yesterday. Um, and thank God for the prayer warriors who prayed um, and God moved. Um, you know, the word tells us that signs, miracles, and wonders should follow those um, that believe. And I'm definitely a believer. So my faith was expanded just to believe it was God that he was going to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask to think of. So um, I'm encouraged just by that alone. Um, I tossed and turned all night. Um, as I say, that, that little preacher in me <laughs> was uh, preaching loud um, in my sleep last night. Um, and, and just God speaking to me in the Holy Spirit. And um, I just want to pray really quick um, before we get started. <clears throat> and the message tonight is it's very simple. Um, but even in the simplicity of it, um, I think it's powerful. So um, with that, God, we thank you for this day. Um, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for those who will be listening on tonight. Um, we thank you for this revival. We thank you for the servant leaders, Arsenal, God. God, I thank you uh, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God are pulling down of strongholds. So God, I thank you for the things that you have equipped us with um, for this season of our, of our lives, oh God. I thank you for what you're doing in your people's lives. God, I thank you, God, even though when we have been through hardship, God, we have been through turmoil. God, some of us have been through doubt. And God, even as the man said in your word, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I thank you that you are encouraging on tonight. God, I thank you that you're elevating faith. God, I thank you that you are inspiring. God, that you're giving hope, that you're restoring. God, I thank you for everything that you would do on this night. God, I thank you that it is not about me. These people did not come to hear my voice, but they came to hear the word that you have for them on tonight. So I say, Holy Ghost, have your way. God, have your way in me. I decrease that you might increase in me on tonight. God, I thank you that my vocals are open. God, to speak the very words that you have already given unto me. But Holy Ghost, however you want to switch up, however you want to change up, whatever you want to do on this call, on tonight, on this podcast, I say, have your way. God, we open up to receive. Our ears are open. Our eyes are open. And our hands are open to receive what you have for us on tonight. And I thank you. I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. God, I thank you that you will move in miracles, that you will move in signs, and that you will move in wonders for your people, oh God. God, I thank you that we have the ability to come to you in prayer. God, in earnestness of our hearts cry. And God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I pray. 
Amen. I am so excited, Coach. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, the, the thing, when, when you told me about this uh, servant leaders um, arsenal, I I was like, Lord, there, there's only one thing that comes to mind. Um, and there's so many weapons that God gives us. I mean, if you have praise, you have worship, um, you have strategy, you have so many weapons that God will give you um, because we understand that we are in the spiritual warfare those who do not understand we are in spiritual warfare um and that that warfare um in, in times is at its highest peak and it is it's, it's very hot and um and, and you're going to need a lot of things in your arsenal but there's one thing that's necessary um to have in your arsenal and that is prayer we cannot do this thing um walking with christ walking on the, the power of the anointing of christ without the weapon of prayer. Um, as my father, uh, my parents are pastors. My mom's in the room with me tonight. Thanks, mom, for being here, Pastor Barbara Ford. Um, one thing that I've learned in my uh, 40 years of being on this earth, uh, my parents raised us since we were little babies when we didn't even have words to sit in prayer circles. And so um, they surrounded us with some of the mightiest men and women of God in the gospel. And they will pray. Uh, yes, your word is so important. Yes, your worship is so important. Yes, the assembly is so important. But the thing that's most important is prayer. My, my father always said the people of God are a people of prayer. And if you do not have prayer, you do not have the access of the conversation that is necessary to reach God, to have God move. I'm reminded even in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth and he created the seas and the animals and all these things, he spoke his word. And in order for us to accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish, those things will come through prayer and not just any prayer. It's going to come through the diligence of prayer. It's going to come through the the um, the seeking of God's face. Um, I remember the, the last month that I was here, um, I talked about the, the, the three important things to me um, that matter the most. And it's always in order to walk this thing out as a servant leader, you must, you must, you must. It's always God first, other second, and you're third. God first because his word declares to us in Matthew 6 and 33. But if you seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom, what is his governance? What is, are his statues? What are the things that, that puts us in direct understanding of how God operates? Um, the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness, the thing that keeps us in right standing with God, his righteousness, then all these things, all, there's no limitation on what all these things mean. We understand in the dictionary, all encompasses everything. All these things shall be added unto you. And secondly, in Matthew 22, 37, it talks about how you should love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment was that we love our we love God with everything that we have in us. And the second commandment is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And a lot of times we get to the point where we get stuck on that love our love our neighbor as ourselves because most of us don't really know or understand how to love ourselves. And so you have to go you have to go to Corinthians to understand exactly what love is. Um, and a lot of times because we don't understand love is patient and love is kind. We don't know how to be patient with ourselves. We don't know how to be kind to ourselves. It takes no account of wrong done to it. We, we sit and we harbor on the things that we know that we've done wrong. And we, we, we don't want to take those things to God to understand that once we've repented of those things, then those things are forgotten. They're thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. But for us, the enemy will use it to continue to, continually convict us of the same thing over and over again. So when it comes to loving ourselves, we fail because we're, we're all, it's always a measure thing. And then trying to love your neighbor as yourself, it becomes a difficult thing. But there's something about the love of God that covers a multitude of sin. So when we fall back on God and say, you know what? God is love. He equals love. Everything about God is love. That's when we are able to, we have 66 books in this in this word, um, in, in, in this instructional that we call the Bible. And in those 66 books, it teaches us everything that's necessary for us to not only love ourselves, but also love our neighbor. 
And the third thing that I always talk about, once you understand that God first, other second, and I'm third, it goes right back to when you seek first the kingdom, and you love your neighbor, everything else will be taken care of. All things will be provided unto you. And that's the important thing as a servant leader. A servant leader is always going to put the other people ahead of them. A servant leader is always going to say, you know what? Nevertheless, not my will, but God, your will be done. And that's hard for a lot of people because we are born in a selfish nature. But when we come into the light of Christ and we say, you know what? It's no longer I who lives, but it's the Christ who lives within me. And I now I live by faith then that understands that every single day I have to die to what, what Brandy wants. I have to die to what Coach KB wants. I have to die to what Coach Chelsea wants because it's no longer I who lives, but it's the Christ who lives within me. And I think it's so important because if we don't understand being a servant leader, first and foremost, and we don't understand what's in our arsenal. And again, I said there's so many weapons that God has given us to fight this spiritual battle. The number one weapon is prayer. And one of the greatest servant leaders um, that I'm reminded of in the Bible, I mean, there's so many, but one of the greatest that I fell in love with was Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, the thing that stuck out to me when it comes to Nehemiah, Nehemiah had the second in command uh, job in the kingdom. But Nehemiah also understood that where he came from back home, in the Jerusalem, the city had been in ruins. The walls had been burned down. The people had been dismayed. Those who had been exiled and put out. And it was all in a shamble. And so Nehemiah decided that he was going to get word from his brother about what all was going on. And so Nehemiah 1 talks about the first thing that Nehemiah did, he began to pray. And we know that David was, he's such a, a great man. And he always prayed. Prayer and worship was part of David's life. But there was something about Nehemiah that the prayers that he prayed <laughs> were so distinguished because Nehemiah never made a move unless he prayed. <coughs> and his heart was earnest that he did not want to make a move until God spoke or God covered or God provided order for him to make that move and so in Nehemiah 1 it talks about um, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year while I was in the citadel of Susa Aniah and Aniah one of my brothers came from Judea with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant so that's an important part because God always saves a remnant In, in, in this past year everything has been destructive Everything that could be shook has been shaken. Everything that could be flipped upside down has been flipped upside down. But there is still a people of God that is still standing through all the things that we have gone through, from social injustice to COVID to death to loss of jobs to economy, loss of homes, all the things that came along with last year. There is still a remnant. Um, There was a a lot of turmoil and things that broke up the church. There's so many people that um, they're on one side of God, and there's another set of people that are on another side of God. And so people were confused about what their faith is. Um, I get a chance to follow a lot of uh, ministers and people of God on Twitter, and the biggest conversation was the deconstruction of their faith, the things that they have been taught from pastors that taught them wrong um what is it theology um and so they were getting back to the basis of understanding who god was what god was what was the person the purpose of jesus and what is the purpose of them walking in christ and so back to nehemiah and the remnant that survived the exile and also about jerusalem they said to me those who survived the great exile are back in province are in great trouble and disgrace The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I said, and I wept. And a lot of us have been in mourning for a whole year. We have cried tears that we have not cried before. We have had to make decisions that we have not had to make before. We have had to move and do things that are uncommon to what 
our commonality or what our everyday life or cycle was. But now it's everything got flipped upside down. And I keep hearing this word, what's the new normal? What's the new normal? And so a lot of us have had days where we have cried because we don't understand. God, what are you doing? God, what are you saying? I understand that your word declares unto me, excuse me, it declares unto me that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then you would hear that you would hear and then you would heal the land. And a lot of us have been on our knees. We have been praying. We have been crying out. We have been asking God to heal the land. We have asked, been asking God for repentance of the sins of the land. And we are weeping and we are crying out. We are crying loud and we are sparing not. And we're still trying to figure out, God, where are you in this matter? What is going on? What are the next steps? What do we do? What don't we do? Do we speak? Do we not speak? Do we move? Do we not move? Did I really hear from you? Um, can, I, can I hear from you? Are you speaking? God, are you there? What is going on? Hello, hello, what is going on? This man, he wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before God of the heaven. And then I said, Oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you today and night for your servants, the people of Israel. This man said, God, I don't know what's going on. My heart is broken and I need you to incline your ear to hear what I am asking. Please open your ears to hear on behalf of the people. God, I am seeking you not for myself, but I'm seeking you on behalf of the people in Jerusalem who have been disgraced, who have been exiled, who have lost everything that they had. Their walls are destroyed. There's no more protection. There's a war going out here. How are these people going to survive these things? And he says, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commandments, decrees, and laws you have given your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commandments, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to a place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are the servants and your people whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. Oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was the cup bearer for the king. Nehemiah knew and understood that it was going to take an earnest cry and it was going to take an earnest prayer. It was going to take some repentance, not only for what he had done, but for what the people had done. But he also reminded God of his word. God, you said that if we repented and if we came back to you, you would gather us from the farthest horizons. You will gather all those people who were exiled and you will bring them back into the fold and then you will reveal your name. Only thing Nehemiah did was took the word back to what God promised under Moses. And a lot of times, people always have the question, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I, I didn't pray 15, 16 times. I prayed for 10, 15, 20 years. Why isn't God answering? And a lot of times, one, we could be waiting on God. Two, we need to redirect our prayer. Because a lot of times, God moves, not even a lot of times, God moves through his word. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, if he has promised it, that shall he do. And a lot of times we have to remind God of his word. God, you said in your word, and that comes along with knowing what the word of God says. And I've learned that most people do not know what their Bible says. They do not know what the scriptures say. They do not know what the promises of God that are yes and amen for their lives, what it says unto them. They've stuck to two or three scriptures since they were a little kid, something they heard repeated over and over in the church, and they keep repeating that same thing over and over, that dead one scripture that they have, but they have not seek me where I can be 
found. And a lot of times we, we try to bring up these prayers. I know my pastor, he was on this series about these kindergarten prayers. Y'all been praying these same prayers since you were in high school or elementary but then y'all haven't elevated your prayer life because you haven't learned any word. You didn't understand how to pray. And it's okay if you don't know how to pray. Even the disciples went to Jesus and said, hey, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray these things, but teach us how to pray. And then Jesus taught them what to say in their prayer. We have 66 books of promises. We have all the scriptures that enable us to understand what it is that God has for us what we should be doing, the strategies that we need to, to succeed. But what I've learned over the years, nothing comes without prayer. God does not move unless you talk to him. And then he, he responds with the manifestation of his word. As even we say, let it, uh, let it, uh, what is, what is the, uh, the prayer? Uh, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. Until God moves it, it will not manifest it. If you cannot speak his word back to him, it cannot be manifested. When God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke the word. And guess what? It was manifested. Everything that I have had in my life, it has manifested through prayer. It has manifested through the time that it took. And I'm not talking about these five-minute prayers. Yes, it's fantastic. Get up in the morning, pray throughout the day. Because the Bible and the word tells us that we should pray without ceasing. But I'm talking about some time that it's going to take for you to get in the dark place, get on your face, and cry out to God and ask him, God, what is the next step? God, what are you doing? God, what's on your heart? And a lot of times we go to God and we have all these problems and we have all these things that we're facing, but we never ask God, God, what is your heart? And I know people always run, if you if you do know the scriptures, you're asking people, uh, but yeah, but the, but the Bible says God will give you the desires of your heart. Yes, your desires will match up with his desires, and he will give you those desires, and he will manifest those things. A lot of times, we get to the point where it's things that we want. The Bible tells us that many of the plans of a man, but it's, it's the plans of God that succeeds. So we have all these plans and all these things that we want to do, especially in the coaching arena. We work hard. We, we, we do all these things to get up to certain particular levels in coaching. And then if something happens and we lose a job and we have to start all back over again, what in the world is going on? I put in all this time, all this effort, all this work. I built this team. I built this team. I've done this. I put the strategies in place. I've done all these things. And you mean to tell me now I have to start all over from scratch? No, new perspective. You're not starting all over from scratch. You're just starting with a new assignment. And so when you get to that new assignment, then it's God's, it's all of his work, everything that he put into you to put back into the people that he has assigned, assigned you to for the next season. And so we have to get out of ourselves because it's so easy to get within ourselves. Athletes do it all the time because you're commanded. It's about me. It's about my shine. It's about my stats. It's about my scoring. It's about how can I get to the next level? It's about how they're going to write about me. How much press can I get? Can I get on social media enough? Can I get enough followers? It's about me and my shine and the number that I carry on the front or my back and my coach. It's about my coach because my coach is doing the work because he coached me or she coached me to get me to the place that I am. And everybody wants to accolades, but that's just not how God works. That's not a servant leader. So if we do not spend time in prayer, if we do not spend time in the sacrifice that it takes, yes, when the next season of disruption comes along, no, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. It all seems uncommon to you. But it's just like when the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar who understood the times and the seasons, meaning they knew the operation of what was going to happen for the next go round. And they did not have that understanding if they had not put that time and effort into seeking the face of God, seeking the wisdom of God, understanding. I tell you this, my family, I, we do nothing without prayer. There are no moves. I have, there have been times, I've been in Atlanta for 17 years. I have been homeless four times. I have lost four jobs. I have started over in corporate America. I can't tell you how many times. I have had ministries. I have done all these things, but none of these things come without prayer. They don't come without sacrifice. They don't come unless there is something that God is saying, hey, I need to snatch you out of there. Because sometimes it takes God snatching you out of something 
in order to produce something or expand your capacity for something else. We always look at it's a demotion. It's how did how did they take this job from me? Because at, at the end of the day, that job was not the security. God has always been the security. He's just trying to prove himself to you so you understand that it has nothing to do with you. Again, we go back to the fact, God, it's not I who lives, but it's you who lives in me. So every day that I'm dying, I'm dying to flesh. I'm dying to self. And I say, God, if Nehemiah said, God, send me and I'll go, I'll leave my cushiony job from the second, second highest ranking position in the kingdom, the best job there is. And I'll leave the kingdom and I will go down to the ruins. And God, I will seek your face. I will figure out what is it, the plan that you give to me. And not only I will listen to the plan that you give to me, but I will take the instruction that you provide in order that the city can be rebuilt in less than, get this, in less than 52 weeks, in 52 days. I don't know about you, but I work in, in, in the construction industry and I see how people have to do remediation and they do reconstruction and they do rebuild. We're talking about a city that they rebuilt in 52 days. We're talking about a completely ruined, burned down. And we sit here as coaches and people of God and we are fussing about the next season and how we don't have the right plan or we don't have the right students or the players that I had in the last season, I don't have those players in this season how am I going to build my program and how am I going to keep my job as a coach? Because I understand that my coaching job depends on wins and losses. If God can rebuild that entire city in Jerusalem, I am very sure he can give you a whole entire plan to keep you on point in your position of coaching. But we have to trust God. We have to get to the place where our prayer life supersedes anything else that we have going on. And I'm not talking about when we pray, when we need something from God. I'm talking about when we pray and we earnestly, earnestly ask God, God, what is your heart? What are the things that break your heart in this season? God, let those things break my heart. What are the things that are on your mind in this season? God, put those things on my mind. What are the things that that, that you, need, you need me to speak to in this season? Some of us have been quiet for too long. Some of us were in a season where God literally shut us up. I just came out of a season where, I, where God literally closed my voice and I didn't understand. So I, I sat in that season. But now I understand that it's, it's, it's like the, the season of, of David. David was on the backside of the field. He was fighting lion, lions, tigers, and bears for all those years and nobody knew. And when the time came when his brother needed to come get him and present him before the king, David was already ready. Why? Because nobody knew because he was on the backside of the field with his heart. He was talking to God every single day. He was worshiping and he was tending to his field. And if we stay in a, in a heart of prayer and a heart of worship and we tend to the field that God has us for in this season, guess what? We will get there. But we have to complete the assignment that we are sent to complete in this season. Because if we don't complete this assignment, we can't get to the next assignment that he's sending us to. Because what we need from out of this season will take us to the next, the next season, the next dimension the next level, the new and fresh anointing. And that's what we're always trying to get to. I said the last month, God can never put new wine in old wineskins. And the thing about old wineskins, they have to be ripped out in order for them to put the new skins in, in order for the wine to go into there. And so if you do not go through the process of having the old wineskins ripped out, some of us just plain and clear need to have some things just ripped out. We've been going through the motion for so long over and over and over and over again. And we keep asking God to do things, but we never get rid of the old stuff that he's been trying to get off of us for the longest time because we won't spend the time in prayer. We won't spend the time in study. We won't spend the time in worship. We won't spend the time in front of his face. And so we have to get to the point where we say, God, I don't care what it takes. Whatever is necessary, allow me to get through the process so I can get to the new wine. The new wine is a new anointing, and it flows differently. The new wine gives a new mantle. Some of us sitting over here, and we got armor on like David. David's armor was too big. Guess what? Our armor is too small because we have outgrown, and we don't want to move, and we don't want to be stretched. 
We don't want to expand the capacity because we know stretching hurts. Anybody, anybody in the athletic arena, I did sports medicine for seven years. And I understand I used to work in track and field and football. So anytime that you're stretching muscles, everybody is squirming off the table. I, ow, Jesus, that hurts. They hollering and they screaming and do all these things. Any of us who have had multiple knee surgeries or even a knee surgery, when you get ready to bend that knee, you got to stretch that cartilage. Everything has to bend, but we don't like that feeling. But that's exactly what God is trying to get us to because we know outside of the pain now becomes the, the elongated muscle. It becomes the process that we're able to walk and we have mobility again. We get to put on new, um, we get to get a new mantle. We get to get, um, we get to put on new armor. I remember I had a mentor about um, nine years ago. She looked at me and she said, Brandy, she said, you have outgrown. <laughs> you have outgrown all of your armor. She said, baby, if you, if you don't get past this, she was like, you can't continue to stay in that same armor. Whether you want to move or not, whether you want the fiery flames and the darts to be fired at you, guess what? You're a spiritual assassin. So if you do not expand, if you do not get rid of that old garment to put on the new garment, yes, it's going to feel different. Yes, it might be a little heavier, but it has a more protection on it. Because the thing that God is sending you into in the next season, you're going to need that extra protection can't wear that small gear it's like trying to it's like it's like trying to play basketball or football and your uniform don't fit nobody wants to be on a court or on a field with a uniform too small you got no comfortability in that you can't play the game accurately you're all tight and you're frustrated like this stuff don't fit right so please find the uniform that fits for you in this season please find the uniform that fits for you this season there's something about the turn of the season, the things that we've experienced, the tightness. Everybody has felt the tightness. Everybody has felt the small place. Everybody has been in a place of isolation. The isolation was not meant to take you out. The isolation was not meant to come and make you depressed. The isolation was meant to set you aside so you had time to spend with God. And we didn't take that time. And now everything is beginning to lift up. And we're running so hard to get back out. We're running so hard to get back out. But there was time that God needed with you in that isolation. And people were booking. And they were fighting. And they were tearing out. And they were, excuse me, doing all these things just to get out of the tight space. Just to get out of the, of the tightness. And I remember the times being in, in, in very tight places. And I would cry. And tears will roll down my face because I'm like, God, I just want to get out of the tight place. I can't breathe. I need, I just, I, I just need, I need to get out my mental stability. I remember the times when I was diagnosed as a manic depressant. I remember the times when I, um, when I was two minutes from making it through the hospital before stroking out. I remember the times when I literally felt like I was cracking and I was losing my mind. But those are the times that prayer. And I know a lot of times we say, but Brandy, I don't know what to pray. I don't have no words. And that's the reason why we have the Holy Spirit, because he will pray and he will intercede on your behalf. And that's why you need strong um, encouragers in your pocket to say, hey, I don't know what's going on. All I got is some tears right now. I got a lot of sleepless nights. I, don't, I can't even explain to you what I'm feeling right now, but I just need you to pray. And then there are those who will catch you in the spirit realm and will begin to intercede on your behalf. I'm grateful because I have powerful men and women in my family that I can call. I don't have to explain everything that's going on, but they can begin to pray. And it's what I told Pastor Dennis last night. That is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that breaks the chains. And a lot of times the enemy will put you in places where you are isolated so he can get you by yourself. So you don't have a place to reach out to people because you said, well, let me just fall into this place for a minute and I will sit here for a second and I'll be able to get out of it. But that's a trick, that's a trick of the enemy. He's leaving you in that place because, like he said in, in, in John, he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. God, his, everything that about him is about us having life and have it more abundantly. The only thing that the enemy is here to do is to kill, steal, and destroy. 
And if he can kill, steal, and destroy the thing that God has placed on you, you're going to miss every assignment that God has for you. You're going to miss the anointing on your life that's going to break the yokes from other people's lives. People are waiting on your voice. They are waiting on your leadership. They are waiting on your experiences. A lot of times the enemy will trick us and he will try to get us to hide in places for the things of our past and not tell people or talk to people about the things that we have gone through. But guess what? Those experiences, those things will help deliver somebody else's life. But guess what? You'll know that once you get in prayer and God begins to lay those things on your heart and God begins to speak to you prophetically so you can hear. A lot of people say, well, how do you hear? how do you know when you hear the voice of God? Keep praying. You'll hear. You'll know. It'll be something different. You'll feel it on the inside. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll say, like, it's a, it's a still, small voice. It's something that you feel in your spirit. Sometimes there's an audible voice. I've only had it one time happen, but God will speak to you audibly. And you'll be looking around like, wait, what just happened? What's going on? Call my name. And there's nobody around. Just say, Lord, here's a servant. I'm listening. Because God is trying to tell you something. Some of us, were moving so fast, God can only catch us in dreams. So he will put you to sleep and show you things in dreams. If you are a dreamer, write the dreams down. God is trying to tell you something in the dream because you're so busy that you're not shutting yourself down to where he can actually speak to you so you can hear what he's saying. And you keep telling people, man, God ain't talking to me. You're not saying nothing to me. I've been sitting here and I've been I've been praying week after week after week and God haven't said nothing. God said a whole lot. You're just not listening. We have to get to a place where prayer is one of the most important things in our walk with Christ. We cannot live without prayer. We cannot live without loving God, loving our neighbor, and understanding that once we do those things, God would take up everything else for us. Nehemiah, he went, <coughs> he went to the king. A lot of us, we're not humble enough to go to leaders and say, hey, there's a new assignment for me in this next place. And I need some support to say, hey, I got to leave for a while. Some of us don't want to leave those places. Some of us are upset because we had to leave those places. It wasn't a decision that was made by us. It was a decision made by our employers. But one thing I know, and I came from Nehemiah, is that Nehemiah, he went, he went to the king. And the king said, Nehemiah, what's wrong? I've never seen you look like this before. What is the sadness on your face? He said, King, he's like, my people, they're hurting. There's a lot going on down there. And I really want to go back and I want to help. But only if it pleases the king. The king said, okay, Nehemiah, but how long is it going to take? Because I need you to come back because I need you to do your job because you're the best that I got. Nehemiah gave him a distinctive time frame. And he said, King, if you let me go, can you send me letters? Because I need to get past some of these areas. I need to go through some of these woods because I already know what's waiting for me when I get there. I need you to give me your blessing and I need some men along the way in order for me to take back. And oh, oh, oh by the way, I need a letter because I'm going to need some timber out of the, those woods that don't belong to me and they don't belong to Jerusalem. But I, I need some timber out of there so we can use it for the rebuilding. And the king said, you know what, Nehemiah? Whatever you need. Here are all your letters. Go down. And I'll see you when you return. <coughs> that was important because Nehemiah understood that he had an important job to the king. And he knew that by him leaving, God would leave a space open for the protection of the king. Because the cupbearer, those are the ones that make sure that whatever the king was drinking was not poison. And so Nehemiah went down and he did exactly what he needed to do. But it all started with prayer. And every single Place. For all 13 chapters, Nehemiah saw God. He saw God for what's the next thing. He saw God when there was opposition, when they were born, when they were on the wall, as Pastor Dennis talks about last night. He saw, saw God when it was for the long haul. Oh, this might take a little longer than what we thought. He saw God when it, when it came to gathering all the men together to put everybody back into order, to say, this is how we need to get back in order. He grabbed all the priests. He grabbed all the builders. He did all, all the things. He prayed when he had to count the cost. He prayed when they put the, put the walls back up because everything had to be anointed. And after he had finished all the work, Nehemiah, Nehemiah gathered all of the priests together. And he sat down 
They say, okay, we need to reestablish the commandments. So not only did he rebuild the city, but he also reestablished the commandments. And he put everything back in right standing. And a lot of times, I don't know who this is for, but this is a season that you're going to have to leave your cushiony job. And you're going to have to go on to the next assignment. And it might not be something that you just want. And it might come with some opposition. And it might come with some long hauling. And it might come with you having to reestablish some things for another program. But trust me, the sacrifice, the sacrifice, your obedience is better than the sacrifice. There are people that are waiting on you. There are lives that are waiting on you. There are people that are waiting on your voice. There are people that are waiting on your skill set. They're waiting on the years of everything that God has placed in you. And just because you've gotten to a certain level doesn't mean that God needs to take you and shift you into somewhere else. And it's not a demotion at all. It's for you to expand. It's for the next people who God will send to you, for you to pour out and impart because they need to expand. And if they don't have someone of your caliber to pour into them, they can't expand like they need to so they can get to the next level. Trust the process. Trust God in everything you do. It's all through prayer. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the small stuff. I'm, t- I'm talking about the small stuff, the small stuff. And yes, there are some, there are some heavy hitting decisions that all of us have to make. I know I have to make some very hard decisions in the next two months concerning my work and where I'm going to live and all these things. But even in those hard decisions, I'm not moving until God tells me to move. Because I know that seeing in the will of God is the most important thing that you can do in order to, to fulfill the purpose in which God has sent. So that's what I leave you with tonight. Coach Chelsea, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about what God is doing doing through the servant leader. Pastor Dennis, Coach Dennis, thank you so much for your prayers last night. Um, That covering allowed me to flow on tonight. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit and all that he does. So I'll open it back up to you guys. And then um, at the end, I'll pray for you. It's just so amazing, first of all, uh, you know, to not be surprised, but to know the power of prayer and watch it in motion. And that is why I'm just so blown away. And so for those that are listening now who may not have been listening tonight, uh, our sis here, literally the voice you hear, which is still not full throttle, was a whisper last night. And, and the prayer, this number one weapon she spoke about today that should be in a servant leader's arsenal, prayer, right? We touched and agreed together for the small and big, right? We did that and on tonight in hours, a matter of hours, our good sis was here to show that God can and will, but we got to pray about that thing. And the other portion that you talked about is having people in your life that can pray for you, right? That can actually know how to encamp themselves around you. And that's, that also is that anointing that's in there. Brother Dennis, he, he knew of, but he didn't know that we had spoken. But that's the importance of having that circle around you that's so in tune with God that he knew to call upon your name. And when we pray, y'all, I'm going to tell you the simplest form of my grandma always said, prayer changes things. And I know that for a fact, prayer changes things. So I'm going to let my good friends here say something that they have. So I, I know I have something for you, but I'm going to let them talk first just in case they have something. Because I know they were, you know, if I know I was super excited, but I think they may have been more excited than me to have you here tonight. So guys, if you have anything uh, for Brandy, I'm going to let you go before I, you know, finish up. Yeah, I'll go. Um, Brandy, thanks for uh, the, the words tonight. You know, it always hits my heart, um, touched on some things. But I just want to say um, thank you for sharing um, just what you go to in your journey because you never know who you're inspiring. And um, just like Chelsea said, like what you go through and you're sharing God can and God will. And I'm like, what I'm going through, you know, similar, but I'm just like, yes, I believe. 
And I was also one of those that you spoke of, like, didn't re read the Bible, didn't know about it. Oh, I think my computer about to die. But um, this is why I'm here. Thank you, Chels, for, for doing this is because I want to know more. I want to grow. So again, um, very powerful, Brandy. I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. And keep going, girl. Thank you. Oh, you You know, I got some from my good brother, uh, Dennis, who with us, uh, you know, first really quick, I got my cousin, uh, Daryl down in the chat and he said, shout out to you, Brandy, you did your thing. Um, Robert Knox, who's a servant leader said, thank you, woman of God, what a word. Uh, so just know I'm on, I'm on three different things right here on my left and right, but trust me, we, you are appreciated. There's something you pointed out that, that reminded me, I'm telling you, it's almost like you and Pastor Dennis have been with each other in another life, right? Because it was on two separate occasions and I wrote it down just so I could remember. But he always says, when you pray, he said, you have to make sure you say, God, you said, and send that thing back to him. Can y'all just place a little bit of emphasis, Brandy, you, Dennis, or both, whatever the case may be on that for our listeners who, you know, when we talk about prayer and we talk about learning to pray and getting better with prayer, what that does, what those three words do, do when you say, God, you said. It, it, Pastor Dennis, you can Make sure Brother Dennis ain't have nothing that he was going to attach on. It's mute. I see the shades that came off. He's trying to find his mute button. Let me see if I can help you, Brother. Oh, you, you, you a pro. You, you're so good. You're so good. You can unmute me. My God, that's God right there. But you know what? This ain't nothing but God. I spent all day today teaching my ninth and 10th graders about the significance of Ezra and Nehemiah's ministry being together. So we study Ezra and Nehemiah as one, it's two separate works, but it's one work. It was doing the same thing and the rebuild and everything that the woman of God just got done talking about. So as it relates to the word and prayer and God, you said, listen, if, we, if the old saints ain't teach us nothing, they taught us this. The grass going to wither, the flowers going to fade, but the word of God is going to stand forever. And so when we say, God, you said, it's a subtle way of serving kind of as his recording secretary. You know, God, your word is not allowed to return to you void. And you said, the grass going to wither, the flowers going to fade, but you said. And I just think it's so fascinating. The last thing I want to say is um, very simply, there were two things that became critical during the rebuild. And these post-exilic people came back from Babylonian captivity and two things took center stage that had been forgotten prior to their captivity, which I think God reminds us of in revival. And that is, in their case, the temple, in our case, the house of God and the significance of the house of God. And if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it's that there is great significance in the house of God. I mean, I know, listen, I, I've said it myself. I am the church. I understand that. It's not the brick. It's not the mortar. However, that community should thrive when the actual house of God is in order. The first thing they got in order was the temple. The other thing, though, they fell in love again with something that was grossly neglected before their captivity. And in their case, that's the law. In our case, it would be the word. God, if we're going to be revived, make me love thy word again. If we're going to be revived, let me love thy precepts again. And I tease my church all the time when I'm teaching this. And Pastor Ford, if you're listening, you could use this. 
the, the, when they came back, the Bible says that they stood for multiple of hours while the law was being read. They neglected it before their captivity, but when they were returning, when they were rebuilding, they fell in love with the law and the word all over again. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what Nehemiah chapter 4 says for KB, for the servant leadership, for the board, and for everybody else that's connected to what God is doing in this hour. I'm going to do what Nehemiah told us to do. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for our houses, fight for our lands, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters. And fortunately, you know, we take our shots, but I got a little fight left in me. So, sister, thank you so much for your word. Your voice is a testimony all unto itself to the power of God. And I just love it. And to my sister KB, I'll tell you what I love most about you. I teach five values of the kingdom. And going away, the most the most critical of the five values of the kingdom is teachability. And sister, you are a teachable somebody. And I always tell folks in leadership, watch out for the ones that are teachable. Because they're going to mess around and pass you by. Because you don't grew complacent. And they're taking it all in. They're taking it all in. And so they are primed for revelation. I love y'all. And thank you. You look, you know, taught me. I'm going to preach that somewhere that sometimes you need a friend to unmute you. The devil done stole your praise. You need to sit next to somebody in church that has the ability to unmute you. Hey, you just let me know when you're going to do that. When you have that sermon ready and you let it, you just send me the link, brother, because I got to be there. I done already told my people until last week, we're going to have to get you down here when the pandemic clear and Brandy too. But I'm telling you right now, that's a sermon all by itself. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, at the end of the day, just thinking about all that and what both of you all have said, it is just amazing. And my growth in prayer, and you will learn, right? I don't want to pray when I'm in the storm, right? I will, but I want to be prayed up, right? You know, I'm in Florida, right? And any of us that are in hurricane land or any type of storm and weathering, you know that you better have your bottle of water anyway, right? Because when a storm comes and news tells you to prepare, everybody's trying to go. I want my bottle of water. I want my radio with batteries in it. I want everything harvested and ready to go so I know how to put it in motion and action if the storm comes. So I'm not trying to sit here and be like, Lord, I don't know how to pray. And now I have this problem. Teach me. Oh, no. I want to, like Coach say, be teachable now. I want to be praying first. I want it to be all over me, not two minute, five minute, but all through the day so I'm covered. You talked about the little things, sis. Let me tell you, I will even drive in a parking lot and say, Lord, please let me find a close park because you know my knee been tripping. And girl, if one don't just back up, just as sure as I prayed it, and we laugh about that, Coach Joni Taylor at Georgia, she talks about it, but I'm like, y'all, it's the truth. You know, we laugh and we joke, but he asks, if we ask in his name, that's what he says. But I think sometimes we make his word larger than life like we can attain it. If he said it, he meant it, plain and simple. If he said it, he meant it, but we don't know he said it. And that's the target that you said tonight. We don't know he said it. Wow. If you don't know he said it, you don't know he came to do it. Prayer specific prayers. He's specific. Yes, he's always talking about specific prayers. And a lot of times, like you said, we don't, we, we get past that because we just, just talk, you know, pray. Yes, we sure. don't pray amiss. And we don't want to pray amiss. We want to pray specifically to what is, what is going on. My mom always said that. So somebody will call and say, oh, I just need you to pray for me. I, 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 I. What, what are we praying for? I want to target that. Sometimes, you know, you, people can't give you everything, but give me something that I can target to um, and speak to. So, yes. This, this, this. For sure. Man, you are on target tonight, sis. I'm telling you right now, the number one thing in the servant leader's arsenal has to be prayer. And, and truly, especially in these days and times, because leadership is hard. Leadership is lonely. Leadership is a place. But one of the things you also talked about is Nehemiah knowing that he would also free up a position. And I think that people like Coach Chris, just like Pastor Dennis just said, when you have those teachable people, there have I always talk to Coach Chris about having the people who occupies the seats at your table. Are they taking up space or do they have a role? And when they're sitting there like Coach Chris and you are teachable and you want to learn, those are the people, one of the biggest things about being servant leaders, you're not going to be in that position forever. And you're not going to be here always. So we can't talk about the youth. They just change it. Okay, they are. That's a fact. But who's changing them? Who's teaching them? If we want them to be leaders, what have we laid out for them? 
And so I think that is amazing thing that you said. And the biggest thing that took me away all night long, because that's one of the things I chased after is when you talk about David and we know he was a man after God's own heart, but Nehemiah was specific. And before he moved, he was specific to pray about everything. And that is how I am and how I don't, I told you before we got on here, I tried it my way. Y'all, it didn't look good. So I'm never, ever going to try that path again. <laughs> I totally, totally understand. Well, we I, appreciate I'm, you. I'm just going to pray us out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um, let you have it back, Chelsea. For so sure. Coach, thank you so very much. I Pastor thank you. Coach Dennis, thank you so very much. Coach KB, you know I love you. <laughs> Your presence is always needed. Don't ever let nobody tell you any different, okay? You, you, are, you are definitely your, your spirit it shines bright for a reason. Okay? You know, let not let nobody take that away from you. Okay? You don't have to be you don't have to be a roaring lion to do what you do. God God gave you the voice. He gave you the princess. He gave you everything about you uniquely and wonderfully made for purpose. So let nobody take that away from you. Okay? Well, Father, I thank you for this night. God, I thank you for what you have done for these your people. I praise you that a seed was put in on tonight, that God will be watered, and that you will ultimately get the increase. I thank you for all of the people that are surrounded under the servant leadership. And God, I thank you for what you are doing in Coach Chelsea's life. God, I thank you for the plan and the vision that you have given her that is succeeding, God, and it's doing everything that you called it to do. God, I thank you for your power and your anointing that is flowing, God, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. I thank you for every coach and every person that's on this call and that will listen to this podcast. God, I thank you how you are raising them up in this new season of their lives. God, I thank you that you are strengthening, that you are giving power, that you are granting access where they have been denied and doors have been closed. I thank you that they're able to open. God, I thank you when they walk up to the door, it opens for them in this season. God, for areas where they have lacked in this season, God, I thank you that they will walk in the season of an overflow. God, to do the thing that you have called them to do. God, I thank you right now for Coach and Pastor Dennis for the thing that you have called them to do in New Jersey. God, where he has lacked. God, I thank you that this will be a season of overflow for him in every area of his life, God. God, that his wife will walk in overflow, that his children will walk in overflow that his ministry will walk in overflow, that the school will walk in overflow, that his abilities, his capabilities, and his leadership, God, will overflow in this season. God, he will not walk in this season, walking through a season of giving on empty. But God, I thank you that he will give in this season in overflow. I thank you for the coaches that are on this call, that are listening, God, that are waiting for opportunities, God. I thank you that phone calls begin to come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, you are planting a remnant in the season and the places in which you have called. God, you are gathering your people to put them back into position. So, God, for that, we say thank you in advance. God, I thank you that you are girding up in this season. God, that you're giving new mantles. God, that you're putting on fresh anointing and new wine skins and new wine, oh God. I thank you that there is a hunger and thirst of the righteousness like never before. I thank you that your people, God, are seeking your face. God, they are seeking you where they can find you. God, I thank you that you are downloading even in their dreams, in their sleep at night. God, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God, you're giving direction. You are elevating. God, you, you are causing things, God, that have not been able to understand in the past. God, you're bringing understanding to it in this season. God, there are those who are meant to write books in this season. God, allow them to write until the pen breaks, God. Allow them to type until their fingers get tired. God, I thank you for those that are waiting, God, on these voices, that are waiting on these men and women of God, God, that are waiting on their anointings. God, those who have been shut up and shut down, for over the years, God, I thank you that their mouths are open wide and they're able to speak, thus said the Lord, without intimidation or fear of men's 
faces, oh God. God, I thank you given strength and power as you did to Joshua to take the land. Allow this to be the season, God, that we take the land that was meant before us. God, that you promised, God, even back when you gave it to um, Isaac and Jacob and Abraham, oh God. God, I thank you that you reminded your people that they are the seed of Abraham. And God, all the promises over their lives are yes and amen. God, allow their hearts to match up to your heart. Allow their thoughts to match up to your thoughts. Allow their will to match up to your will, oh God. God, you said in your word that the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by you. So allow us to walk in the steps that are already set before us. Allow us to not waver to the left nor to the right. But God, allow us to accomplish the thing that you have sent us to do. God, the hard thing, the pressing thing, the thing that seems like, God, we can't do it. But God, I thank you that your word declares unto us that nothing is impossible with you, oh God. God, you have given us everything that's necessary. God, I thank you for the resources that are pouring in. God, I thank you for those who will speak, God, on our behalf, oh God. I thank you, God, for the sponsors that will come in and do what you have instructed them to do. God, I thank you that you are moving hearts all across this world, God. God, I thank you for those who will pour into Coach Jesse like never before, God. God, I thank you that she will not have a financial need. She will not have a spiritual need. God, she won't have a need in any area of her life, God. I thank you for the miracle, God, that you've given her even in the area of her need, oh God. God, that you've given her perfect healing, God, for the next assignment that you have for her. God, I thank you even on today where her heart was troubled because of a student, oh God. God, give her rest and give her peace, knowing that you are sending the angels, God, before God, wherever this child is, even in even in jail, sitting right now, God. God, send the angels of heaven to this young man, God, that will speak to his heart, oh God, that will minister to his soul, oh God. God, that will bring him to his knees, God, into a reckoning and a repentance, oh God. God, use this young man for your glory. Everything that Chelsea has poured into him, oh God. God, I thank you right now that it is awarded, oh God. God, that the increase is there. God, I thank you that this young man will say, what must I do to be saved, God? God, soften his heart, oh God. Change his mind, oh God. God, deliver him from the hand of the enemy. God, I thank you for the report that Jesse would give. God, do it, God, even on our behalf, oh God. God, hear my heart's cry. God, hear my heart's cry. God, I know Chelsea has cried tears, God, and tears after this young man. But God, I thank you, God. God, when you say two or three are gathered in your name, you will be a God in the midst. So God, even as you did for Nehemiah, God, God, incline your ear to hear. God, open your heart to receive our prayer on tonight, oh God. And God, we would give you the glory and we would give you the praise, God. Allow this young man to know there are people all over this United States, God. They have picked him up in the spirit and they will intercede on his behalf. And God, we are thankful for what you would do on this night, God. For those who are making hard decisions, oh God. God, make the pathway straight, God. Where it seemed crooked, oh God. God, open the pathway and make it easy for this season, oh God. God, there are those, God, God, who have lost everything. But God, remind them as you did for Job, where it seemed like he lost everything. He gained it back a hundredfold. So God, I thank you for those who have lost in this season, God. Allow it to return to them a hundredfold. And God, we thank you and we praise you for it. God, we thank you that we give you the glory and the honor because we know it's not about us, but it's all about you and what the work of your hand can do. And God, I thank you that you are turning the heart of the king into the direction in which you please. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 And I'm sitting here, and you, first of all, you took me out, but the second part is that growl, Coach Chris, she got that growl back with every step, Coach Chris, and I felt it, and, and, I, and I heard it, and I saw it coming, and it ain't nothing but God moving, and I'm telling you right now, that is that is one of the single most hardest things about actually being on agenda and being on a podcast, and I don't care, because y'all know I'm true and authentic, but that is one of the hardest portions, is because really what I want to do is run up out here, okay, 
that's what I really was about to do and just tell y'all to take it out yourself. But at, at the end of the day, just watching God move through you, watching you allow him to be God. That's the biggest thing. Like, like kids say, that's what that, that's what it is for me. That's what that is for me. It's your prayer life for me. It is your obedience for me. It is the, you never said, I'm not going to, you said, what is the latest before I basically inconvenience you? And if you notice, I didn't feel any part of nervous or frustrated or anything because I knew that God was going to shine through and show his hand of mercy upon you. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you for who you are. I appreciate the woman of God that you are and just your connection and now your place in my life. And so your word is forever going to be sitting here that I study and listen and made us all better tonight. So I thank you. I will also say this, even though this is not the traditional revival, much like I said last night, and we'll continue to say, if you are listening to this podcast, if you're listening live and you don't know Christ as your personal savior, please. And I, I, I implore you, tweet us, email us, message us, put it in a comment box. We will reach out to you and we will get you connected what you need to. If you want to join this fellowship of the servant leader, I promise you connect in any way. We'll get you here. But most of all, if there's prayer that is needed. Please know that we are always praying at the point of need that you need. But if you have a specific prayer, because we learned tonight that your prayers need to be specific, our inboxes are open. So please do not shy away from that. I thank you all so much for listening. We'll be right back here tomorrow night at 6 p.m. with minister and coach Curtis Clark in North Carolina, and he's going to do his thing. So please come on back, fellowship with us, and just continue to be revived. We thank you guys for listening. We thank you for fellowship, shipping. Brandy, thank you again, sister, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night.